Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, July 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Hong Kong's leader condemns protesters who stormed and vandalized the Legislative Council building. The U.S. economy hits its longest uninterrupted stretch of expansion in 165 years, by one measure. And Iran's oil minister says OPEC is in jeopardy due to Russia and Saudi Arabia's growing influence. And office space provider WeWork is set to hit the public markets later this year. The FT's Andrew Edgecliff-Johnson digs into the company's $47 billion valuation. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam condemned protesters who stormed the city's legislative council building on Monday night. Protesters spray-painted graffiti on the walls and vandalized paintings in the council building. Earlier in the day, Ms. Lam struck a softer tone. She said the demonstrations in recent months had reminded her of the need to grasp public sentiment. But Ms. Lam had an impromptu press conference Tuesday morning local time where her stance hardened. Nothing is more important than the rule of law in Hong Kong. So I hope the community at large will agree with us that with these violent acts that we have seen, it is right for us to condemn it and hope society will return to normal as soon as possible. Before the press conference, police fired tear gas to clear the streets. Most of the protesters had abandoned the legislature before the sweep began. Just after midnight on Monday, local television showed that police had regained control of the building. The most recent protests coincided with a peaceful protest that marked the 22nd anniversary of Hong Kong's handover from the UK to China. It was part of a larger wave of demonstrations over the past few weeks, rallying against an extradition bill. The bill would have allowed criminal suspects to be extradited to mainland China. The government has suspended the bill, but demonstrators are demanding its full withdrawal and Ms. Lam's resignation. The U.S. economy is enjoying its longest uninterrupted stretch of expansion in 165 years at least by one measure. The National Bureau of Economic Research says that the current expansion started in June 2009. By the NBER's definition, that means that as of yesterday, the 1st of July, the U.S. expansion hit its 121st month. The last time the U.S. economy saw a stretch this long was in the 19th century, 1854 to be exact and it trumps the golden era enjoyed by the economy that ran from March 1991 to March 2001. It's also more than twice as long as the average post-World War II expansion. But economists are worried that the tides could change any minute. Global economy data has been mixed, and the recent truce between the U.S. and China has done little to ease concerns about the end of the post-crisis recovery. Now, it's important to note that gauging a recession is tricky. Recessions are typically defined as two consecutive quarters of shrinking gross domestic product. The NBER, on the other hand, uses a broader, more qualitative definition. And Iran's oil minister has warned that the future of OPEC is in jeopardy. Before a meeting of oil ministers in Vienna yesterday, Bijan Zangane said the oil cartel might, quote, die, unquote due to the growing dominance of Saudi Arabia and Russia. 
Saudi Arabia is Iran's major rival in the Middle East. Meanwhile, Tehran is under increasing political and economic pressure from U.S. sanctions. While Russia isn't an OPEC member, it has allied with the cartel since late 2016. This came as member states tried to adjust to the growing supply coming from U.S. shale fields. At the G20 summit this past weekend, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced a deal before OPEC oil ministers even had met. He said that he and Saudi Arabia's crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, had agreed that the production supply cuts deal should be extended by six to nine months. OPEC and its allies are struggling to support oil prices. Prices haven't been able to gain much traction above $70 a barrel. This is despite production cuts and U.S. sanctions against OPEC members Venezuela and Iran. Oil ministers will meet again today. They're set to extend production cuts of 1.2 million barrels per day for a further nine months. And here's a closer look at a story you'll want to know more about. WeWork is another one of the hotly anticipated IPOs this year. In less than a decade, the office space company has grown from renting a single building in New York Soho to becoming one of the largest tenants in cities across the globe. Last year, sales topped $1.9 billion, and in March, the company said it was on pace to generate more than $3 billion over the following year. But there are still a lot of question marks surrounding the company and how it works. Andrew Edgecliff-Johnson is the U.S. business editor at the Financial Times. In May, he sat down with WeWork founder Adam Newman to talk about the company's future. The story he tells is that their mission is nothing less than to elevate the world's consciousness. Now, if you bring that to a slightly more down-to-earth level, what he's really done is spotted an opportunity to transform the enormous business of commercial real estate by offering flexible short-term leases to startups and now increasingly big companies too. The reality is he's attracted almost 500,000 members so far to WeWorks around the world, and it continues to grow very fast. But it's far from the only company offering, so it's not without competition. I suppose the important matter is for Mr. Newman is that he's managed to convince one very wealthy believer in particular. SoftBank's Masayoshi Son, the Japanese telecoms billionaire, who's now poured more than $10 billion into WeWork. By the time Masa came, there was quite a lot of proof of execution for those who had time to take a second look at it, right? Came seven years into the business. What he brought to the table is a bigger thinker, which we thought was hard to find because we thought we're quite big thinkers. He came and said, wait, 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 why only a million members? You can have five. And we should note that WeWork actually has 466,000 members. That was at the end of quarter one, up from 220,000 a year ago. Andrew, what are the company's near-term plans? Well, WeWork, despite its growth, is still losing money. It lost about $264 million in the first quarter alone. So it needs to keep raising money. Uh, Masasan, as I mentioned, has been very keen. He's put uh, more than $10 billion in, lifting its valuation to $47 billion in the private market uh, with some other large investors who've come in before and since he got the bug. But just before that last tranche of money came in, 
we work filed secretly with the SEC at the end of last year to start preparing for an IPO. Now, its founder, when we went to see him, was very careful not to say too much about that process at this stage. But Wall Street is expecting this to be one of the biggest IPOs of the year. $47 billion is one of the biggest private company valuations uh, of this kind of unicorn era. But I think one thing we can safely say is not in the cards for Adam Newman is a wholesale change of style. When we asked whether he'd change his message for the suits of Wall Street, this was his answer. Yeah. Are you asking, am I selling out? No, <laughs> we're not going to sell out. Not only are we not going to sell out, we are going to deliver more impact than ever before. The only thing I'll do differently, I will take a pause before I communicate. I will be more thoughtful at how it comes out, and I will ensure to come with data to the table. Andrew, with that in mind, what are some of the concerns surrounding WeWork going forward? Yeah, WeWork really divides the market still. And I'd say the concerns boil down to three questions, basically. The first of those is, will investors ultimately judge WeWork? as a tech company, the way it likes to be seen, or will they conclude it's a rather less exciting real estate company? Uh, Second, how would it do in a recession? We've had a very long bull run, can't last forever. And third, will public market investors really share the optimism that Masasan has translated into $10.5 billion of investment? So as for recession, Mr. Newman points out that it survived local slowdowns. And he predicts that big companies will probably trade down to his sort of flexible office spaces in a crunch. The public market question, I'd say, is the biggest one. That's still up in the air. We've had a disappointing start this year for the IPOs of Uber and Lyft when they came to market. We're about to find out whether WeWork's going to buck that trend. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following European Union leaders as they try to strike a deal on the Commission's top jobs. Leaders walked away exhausted after 20 hours of talks on Monday. France's President Emmanuel Macron said the failed meetings are diminishing the bloc's credibility. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 